You're listening to Bold and Free, a podcast that's dedicated to helping people find freedom from their past and into a better future through a relationship with Jesus Christ. My name is John Farr. I'm a pastor from Colorado Springs and president of Bold and Free Ministries. Thanks for joining us today. Joined again today with my good friend, Darren. We're uh, uh, going to start back with uh, part two of his amazing story. You know, we, we left off last time with this transition period that happened as you were, were kind of able to unblock a, a lot of things in your life by being able to forgive some people for doing some really heinous things to you. And, and where did that take you? Yeah, I immediately wanted to let go of that because I feel like the weight of hurting other people was heavier to me than the weight of being hurt of other people by other people. Mm. So even on that session, we ended up, I'm pretty sure I filled up all the spaces on the worksheet for people who hurt me, also for the spaces for people who have hurt. Mm. And we processed all of that in that same night of praying over all the people that I've hurt and asking God to forgive me. Yeah. And and that there was a situation you were kind of in right right then as we were talking that that wasn't a, a godly situation. And so it was like your whole world was coming unraveled. It, it wasn't like you could say, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna deal with this part of my life and say, okay, God, I'll, I'll give you this part, but I really don't want to talk about all the rest of this stuff because this impacts me today. And and so what was that like having to deal with well, if I'm going to apply the word of God to my life, I can't just do it in, you know, I can't compartmentalize that and just say, well, God, I'll let you have this or this, but the rest of this is all mine. Yes. So in, ultimately, I wanted to be able to share this stuff without feeling guilty about it, you know, and actually having power behind it. And you can't really do that when you're in the middle of living in sin and I was. So, yes, the, the weight of what was going on in present day was so, so heavy. And it was very hard to avoid, <laughs> especially if I'm on the path to be free like I wanted to be. Yeah, so the past, I, especially before when I was still like a teenager, I, I really didn't care who I was hurting. I, I didn't have too much towards going towards repentance. And it wasn't until I got married and was doing premarital counseling and then marital counseling that I, I really wanted to be in right standing with God. And I wanted God to bless me. And throughout all of our experiences and painful events in my my marriage we would go through probably not so effective variations of processing forgiveness and so I was stuck in a cycle to where I would go straight to God because I the weight of my sin hurt and I, I hated that I was not being blessed by God by being in that position that I wanted to be forgiven of my sins and I go to God about that first and then in an effort to try to reconcile I would go to the people that I hurt and oftentimes because they were stuck in a cycle of fear and pain as well that their response would be to reject my efforts of reconciliation because they're hurting and 
um, in, a, in that process of, that I was stuck in when I would be rejected, I would fall back into my sin mechanisms because I didn't know how to cope with being rejected or abandoned. Uh, so it was just a really nasty cycle where I, I truly wanted to repent. And as I was repenting, by trying to offer reconciliation and being rejected, I would just fall right back into sin because I didn't know how to handle my own pain. And it wasn't until the forgiveness class where I got to be free of my own pain that now I know it doesn't matter what anybody says or does to me. All I can be responsible is for what um, is going on between me and God. And my identity is secure in God because I'm free from all my pain. That even if I'm rejected on my offers of reconciliation, it doesn't affect who I am or how God views me. And I don't have to go back into my sin and shame and cycle of pain because now I'm in a cycle of forgiveness and love with Jesus. So I can just fall back on that rather than staying stuck in my pain cycle. Yeah. And and there's, you know, in the workshop, we talk a lot about the difference between kind of uh, fake repentance versus authentic repentance or, or, or the way the Bible describes it as worldly sorrow um, versus godly sorrow. And, um, you know, when you're not really in a place of repentance, it's always somebody else's fault. I mean, you can point a finger at just about anybody. Um, you know, one of the things we talk about is, you know, when you hear someone talking about their mistake or, the, or their sin or, or, or something that they, they know that they shouldn't have done, and the minute somebody else's name comes out, out of their mouth, you, you just know that that's not, not repentance. Was there a time in your life where you were just like just going through the motions and trying to say what people what you thought people wanted to hear you say and trying to do the cycle of fear and pain. Yeah, I think most of the time, especially in the the first few years of my marriage, that's exactly how it was. I, I wanted to just be past it and forget the stuff already. So let's move ahead and be where we want to be instead of actually addressing all of that. So when I was describing the cycle of fear and pain, you could literally see your life coming coming through the, that, that, that diagram. Yeah, right? the first night, I could, that was just my life yeah. on the PowerPoint. When you're talking about real repentance and, and nobody else's names matters because I'm just dealing with my sin and the impact of my sin. You know, we started going through the, the next parts of the workshop and we started talking about the cycle of love and reconciliation and restoration and really understanding how forgiveness and reconciliation and restoration of a relationship were three distinct events. Was that something that you had always known or or were just learning how to maybe to apply it in a different way? What was going through your mind when you when we got to that part of the workshop? I don't think I had a clue on how to do any of that. Um, I think that's mostly what had me stuck. I was expecting to just automatically be able to forgive people and people should automatically be able to forgive me because we love Jesus, uh, which was not the case. We just kept staying in our cycle of pain. It wasn't until knowing the only possibility of having real reconciliation is if you can wear the mirror of God's love effectively which is only possible by actually being free from all of your own pain. 
and being forgiven and forgiving. Because until I do that, something will come up that will trigger a trauma response because I still have some sort of pain from that. And if I have some sort of pain from that, it's going to come up in my effort of reconciliation. And it'll come up via me being angry at whatever they're, they didn't hear the same event the same way I heard it, or that I'll feel rejected or abandoned, and it'll send me into, and this is my personal stuff, so it'll send me back into my sin, and I'll feel pain from the guilt and shame for my sin, and I get stuck in that again. So until I'm completely free, I can't have the mirror of God's love and offer reconciliation or seek it out properly. Being able to go to God first and being being right with Him before you even say anything to anybody else, was that kind of an eye-opener for you? Yeah, it, it was definitely an eye-opener. The challenge, again, if you if you don't have the ability to check your own heart, whether it's on your own or, or like with a close friend, be like, hey, if, if you see any bitterness or resentment or any kind of hard-heartedness in my heart towards this person, I need you to be honest with me because I'm getting ready to, have to go talk to them and I need to make things right or I need to I need to challenge them on something they've done. But if you don't have somebody you can share that with and, and, have, and know that they're going to be honest with you, you try to have that conversation with that person. You, your face, your tone, your words, something's going to come out like you were talking about. And, and they're going to use your own reaction as a way to deflect away from what they're doing. Have you ever felt the frustration of that? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, 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 what you did was really bad. You <laughs> really need to listen to me right now. Yeah, that happened to me a lot. Because <laughs> I thought I was in a position to be able to reconcile. Because I went to God first, but I went to God with like a blanket statement or I, I didn't dive in completely to all of the events or some of the events I swept under the rug and those were still festering little bits of resentment. And if any of that's still there, it's just not possible. Because mm-hmm. you were going to God asking him to forgive you, but you weren't forgiving the other person. I wasn't forgiving the other person or... If I was still hurt because the other person hadn't forgiven me, there's so many different reasons why I just wasn't free and clear to be able to be in a position to actually offer reconciliation. How hard is it not to take things personal sometimes? When you're not free, it's very difficult. I mean, <laughs> when you're living in the flesh, it's just, it's impossible. Yeah. And that's usually, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I talk about, you know, not taking things personal. That's one of the first things that has to go through your mind because because if you take it personal, then your chances of being able to show someone love is like pretty much nil. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. So as we're talking about, you know, really, really, you know, I think the the hardest part for for people to get is, you know, you've sinned against somebody, you want to make things right. And instead of the very first question out of your mouth going, hey, I'm, I'm sorry, will you please forgive me? Actually, having to step back for a second and and asking them, you know, I, I need to make something right with you. I've I know I've hurt you, 
um, you need to take it to the Lord first so you can actually hear what I'm going to say. Have you had a chance to take that hurt to the Lord first? That that's that sounds like cuckoo for cocoa puffs right there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess you can just imagine something on the other end of that going, I don't think that's how this is supposed to work. <laughs> what was that like for you getting that that mind shift of realizing that for me to ask somebody to forgive me when they're still holding on to resentment accomplishes absolutely nothing? The whole thing just blew my mind. I mean, I've read so many books and I've attended so many classes and spent so much money on all of these types of things and then just knowing it's something like that that I've been missing was really hard to wrap my head around because I mean I, I, I've been trying so hard so hard yeah. and getting nowhere well it was kind of like a like an aha moment but at the same like oh my gosh I've been doing this backwards like for years yes and it's been so simple too and the best part is really it's just god's doing all of the work yeah and in those moments when that i've got to experience with you and other people so far that it's just so evident that the holy spirit's there and just tearing our hearts down and offering these opportunities to rebuild from yeah i think that's the hard part for people to realize is that our words cannot take away somebody's pain. So you offering up all the apologies in the world doesn't take away the bitterness or resentment out of somebody's heart. That, that's the job of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But that can only happen as they choose to be obedient uh, to the command to forgive. So by, by, by actually coming out and saying, hey, I've got something I need to make right, but I want to check with you first. Are you free? Are you free from the hurt that I've done to you? Have you taken it to the Lord yet? And you're going to know right there in, in that moment. I mean, obviously, you've, you've got to experience this. I mean, if, if you're talking to somebody that you've hurt, if they're not free, there's no hiding that. Have you have you encountered that uh, over the last year or so? Yeah, a couple of times. <laughs> Most notably um, with my sister, actually. So it was just kind of need to try to reconcile with her and to see this played out like to the T how it's how it's like showing on your class and the PowerPoint and everything and I'm like wow this is she said she said the exact same thing. I said the exact thing. <laughs> and if we literally apply scripture in our life in the order that we need to apply it in and and we see the promises that are coming from from the Word of God that we can actually experience that it's a real thing. So I yeah, like when we had a chance to meet the other day with your with your sister. I mean, she didn't know me from Adam. Yeah, you're a complete stranger. <laughs> and and so so just being able to, to take two other people who were believers and to say, would you like to be obedient to the Word of God, and then letting them experience that for themselves, it's hard to explain unless you can experience it how relationships can can change. Now, the the challenge, though, is that, like we talked about before, forgiveness, reconciliation, restoration, those are three different events. For you, how was it hard to just to realize, okay, look, I've hurt people. um, I've been hurt. And yeah, this trust thing is just not something that just pops back into place. 
I had already spent so much time in a place of being broken that once I heard the answers, it was just, I have to pursue these things. These are obviously things that are working and it's scripture. So knowing that I'm just so being, being obedient to God is like one thing just gives me safety and trust in that. But then also seeing it actually have power and so much effect in my own situations, it's hard to just not do those things. You know, <laughs> once you've seen it work, you're like, yeah, I'm going to keep doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, uh... and so, so speaking about seeing it work, um, you know, I got to come over, um, one day in the house, I came home and that was like a surprise that you were there. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what is this going to be about? And then, uh, were you feeling defensive? Were you feeling like, like I'm getting ready to be attacked or all of those things? Just all the bad things. Definitely. I, yeah. I wasn't in a good place that day for sure. And thankfully though, it was just, I got to just, follow what was going on and just shoving all that like negativity aside and being like, okay, what's actually happening here? What are we doing here? What can I actually do? Because it took you a minute to figure out, okay, John's not here to punish me. Yes. yes. Like you'd experienced in the past. John actually wants to help me be a better father. Oh yeah. So, but it took you a minute to be able to, to think through that so that you can actually open up your mind to hear what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause so many times in the past, was it, were you, did you always have your guard up, your shield up to protect you from, from the attacks coming in? Yeah. I mean, I spent my whole life just trying to protect myself. So seeing you there meant I'm a failure. <laughs> so yeah. I must be in trouble. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but again, you are in a position to where you you are actually wearing the mirror of God's love to where all I could get back from you is love. <laughs> so no matter what my reaction was or what I was saying or doing, you were just loving me through that moment. And that's what really made the impact for me. And so much so that it's impacted my children's lives. And they got to experience forgiveness that day. So. Yeah, and I think I think that's going to be the hard part for people to understand. You know, that day it was a tough day. I mean, we were going through it was a you know difficult situation with the kids, and they were struggling, and there was just confusion about what to do. How do I handle the situation when my kids are out of control and they're fighting with each other or whatever? And and I and you're you were starting to feel defensive, and I could see, you know, the defensive defensiveness coming, and and I was you know, showing a mirror of God's love to you by just letting you know is there to, you know, is there to encourage you, is there to help you, this is not about punishing you. Had you ever experienced that kind of love before? Probably not ever. Um, if, if I had, it's been few and far between. And it was definitely not in the heat of moments like those. Days like those usually just turn into lots of shouting matches and a lot of resentment afterwards. So I'm I'm talking to your your three kids who are like all under the age of eight or nine at the time. Yeah, yeah. So young kids, 
And sometimes it's funny because people are like, yeah, I, I don't think they're old enough to understand this stuff. It's like, <laughs> you can teach this stuff to a three-year-old. I mean, you, can. <laughs> you, you literally can. And, um, and so, and of course, what I love about teaching kids is that I, you know, I can basically teach what I would normally take four hours to teach to adults. I can do it about five minutes with kids. And they're ready, they're ready to just, you know, be obedient and go, oh, yeah, let's do it. And and so I'm sitting there teaching that this process to your kids, you know, teaching the, the concept of forgiveness and reconciliation with each other. And you're standing there watching me, watching your kids. And I at that point in time, how many times have I seen your kids? Is that the first time? Maybe twice. Maybe once or twice. Did, I don't think you really talked to them. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean... Again, I'm I'm almost like a stranger yeah, to yeah. stranger. I'm, I'm just dad's friend, and so we're going through this process, and and I'm giving them the words to say to each other, explaining to them why they're, and they're not even saved. They're not believers in Jesus Christ, and they're just they're lost. And but the idea of being able to let that hurt go, and then to be able to look at each other and to ask each other to forgive each other, and and to give each other a hug, and you know, to go through all of that, actually, you you got to watch this process bring these girls closer together, and nobody had to get upset. How did that one moment impact your life? Well, my initial thoughts were that you're a wizard. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like a kid whisperer or something. <laughs> yeah, but then I just getting to see it in action rather than like reading about something. Or, like, mm-hmm. Which I've never, again, I've I've put a lot of work into trying to be a good parent, and it's been a failure. So uh, seeing it in person was just so encouraging for me. I felt like, again, I had hope as a dad and for my kids and just, like, getting to lead them the way my heart's desire for God has always wanted to lead them. I just didn't really have an idea how. And getting to see that so simply and so effective in such a short amount of time, there's no words for it. I... <laughs> well, was it encouraging knowing that, okay, it's not just John being a child whisperer here. I can actually do, do this myself. Do you remember the first time that you got to actually lead them through that process yourself? Yeah, it was like magic. It just kept going. It was it, so simple and the best part is each event that you get to lead, that I've gotten to lead the kids through those, is I get to point them towards God and towards Jesus. And uh, it's just something I've dreamt about as a parent and never thought I was capable of doing. And then, mm. uh, now I get to do it pretty often. And uh, ever since you showed me that, it's been like a hundred times easier to deal with my kids in almost any situation i still slip up here and there but at the very least i can ask them for forgiveness now whenever they deserve that because i still make mistakes and um, Mm. i can tell that it's having an impact because they are still doing it like i can i've caught them doing their own little processes of forgiveness with each other. and um, It's just neat to see. That's great. So I guess the, the, the real question is, 
has this process of reconciliation with your kids brought you closer together in your own relationships? I would say so, yeah. Of all the years so far, I feel like this is the closest I've been to my kids. Yeah. Yeah, and is there a confidence that you now have knowing that you know how to handle any kind of confrontation or any kind of a situation? There's a way through not just sweeping stuff under the rug. There's a huge confidence in that. I feel like I can apply it to any situation, really. Yeah, any any relationship, yeah. Yeah, now, if someone... Now, the hard part is, is just knowing that if someone is not ready to reconcile, then you got to wait. Whether it's you approaching somebody because you've done something to hurt them or because you they have hurt you in some way, and if you know they're not ready and you have to wait, do you have more peace through those situations when you have to wait? I think it's just tough in general, but... There's so much ease of it now because I'm free of it. Yeah. So once I'm free of it, I no longer have to like shoulder that responsibility that really wasn't mine anyways. Any thought of going back to the cycle of fear and pain? I think because I lived in it for so long that my initial reaction that just like my mind and body are used to It'll still come up every once in a while. But now, because I've had so much peace and joy being free from that, it's more like a thought than anything. And it's so much easier to act towards the cycle of love and forgiveness instead. It's so much easier as time goes by and the more I dive into the love and forgiveness rather than fear and pain. So I think this is going to be this will be another good stopping point for, for this session this uh, this podcast of bold and free and and again we got more to more to share gosh there's this, this maybe we may be have to do like season two or season three i don't know <laughs> a lot of a lot of great stuff uh but next time we're going to talk about how this process of reconciliation has actually helped you learn how to build friendships um because that's something that was previously to all of this was probably pretty difficult i would imagine very yeah so anyway um so thanks again everybody for joining us for this edition of bold and free and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next time